Hello folks, Jeff Salzman here and welcome to The Daily Evolver. Today, in honor of Valentine's Day, we are going to do an exploration of the heart and specifically the heart that we share with an intimate partner if we are so blessed to have one. And I am very happy to have with us today someone who has a lot of experience in the affairs of the heart. And uh, welcome Tom Habib. Hey, Tom. Hi, Jeff. Good to be with you as usual. Yes, indeed. Uh, Tom is a clinical psychologist specializing in couples therapy. He uh, operates out of San Juan Capistrano in California. And he's also an integral guy. He uh, is an organizer of San Diego Integral. He has published the uh, in the Integral Leadership Review, uh, presented at several conferences, and is really doing good original thinking uh, from an integral perspective on this idea of <clears throat> the evolution of a couple and the couple's line of development is what you talked about, Tom, and I love that. And so before we get into the technical stuff, just to do the lay of the land here. So here we are, we're, you know, integral practitioners, we feel this updraft of evolution, we know we're going somewhere, we recognize the qualities of integral consciousness, and maybe we're coupled with somebody who doesn't. And, um, and, and I love your thesis that there actually is a way of sort of working with that in a way where the updraft can sort of happen for the couple. And so maybe we just start there. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeff. Um, before we start, though, I love your role as an ambassador to the integral community. Um, I frequently refer people to listen to Integral Life just to get a feel for what this community is about and what it has to offer. And you just have that way about making the complexity applicable to everyone's life, which I hope to do also uh, today in terms of couples. Yeah, right on. Thank you, Tom. So three premises today that I believe there's many members in the integral community who are capable of, in themselves of reaching second tier capabilities, but they might find themselves in first tier relationships. And this can be disheartening and disappointing for them. Second premise, the intim intimate relationship, unlike other relationships, is the most challenging place to actually achieve second tier capabilities. Now, now, that may not seem immediately obvious why, but think of it. Your intimate partner is aware of your lower selves. They've seen you regress into your less than perfect second tier. And in order for them to trust you in those moments to get up to that level of transparency and vulnerability, there's an important skill. They have to be able to compartmentalize that lower aspects of yourself in order to do it. And the third, the third premise is, as we attempt these second tier spaces, we're going to find the blocks that we all have that prevent us from going after the very thing we want. Does that make sense? Yeah, <clears throat> totally. So if I could repeat then, the, the first premise is that some, we're going to be coupled with people who you know, aren't necessarily flying at the same altitude and on a good day at a whatever. We're not matched in that territory. Uh -huh. <clears throat> Another challenge is that we um, you know, see our every stage right down to the basement, 
with each other. So when you're in an intimate partnership, it's all right there. And, and then third is that there are blocks that are sort of predictable as we do this work. And that's why in the marital ceremony, they say for better or for worse. They weren't kidding. Yeah, they no, for sure. That. Right. So if I can start with Rumi, who we all love, um, your task is not to seek love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. And that's what we mean by, in order to show up, we have to be able to clean up, to grow up, hopefully to wake up, and then that's going to lean upon the quality of showing up. And it's really going to show up in integral uh, more than any place else. So if I can keep moving, if I was to say to people in the integral community, the quality of the intimate relationship is dependent upon each person's individual developmental history. It's also dependent upon the ability to down-regulate those physiological responses. Okay, so here, just for people who might be listening, we're doing a basic quadrant analysis here. Uh -huh. So the upper left is what you first talked about, and that is the interior of our individual. So my Jeffness, my own private world in here. And what is, what, what, the, the piece of that is what, again, Tom, I'm, I just lost the slide. So the, the upper left is the individual <clears throat> developmental So my own developmental history, my own Jeffness, my own karma. Right. Everything you learn from your parents modeling to how you grew and you made it through these different stages of development, those are all going to weigh upon how you're going to show up. Usually the integral community is fairly conscious of this. Yeah. The upper right is the physiological responses. Godman said that when a couple's fighting, they look like they're at war. They're physiological responses. And down-regulating those responses are important to the quality of showing up. The lower left is the cultural expectations. So the lower left is the collectives of the interior. So it's our, you know, the, the, the sort of beliefs that we all share as a, as a group, as a culture. Absolutely. Everything from the romantic movies to the, the way that we project upon love. Like one of the things I'm always telling couples, we all have to live with the ability to imagine love most likely greater than we can ever realize. And we're only talking about there, the tendency to idealize how we, we live in relationship to the ideal, that by definition, it's a place we're never going to arrive at because the more we learn, the more we see, the further it can go developmentally. Yeah, good point. And then finally, on the lower right, these are all the patterns and processes that we want to lay down so that we have a stable platform upon which we can actually we can realize second tier space so it's all arising at once and we know that from other areas of integral um, and what happens so if i use that and then i impose upon that this this is the couple's line emerging out of all four quadrants and you can see it has five stages, 
It starts at safety and attraction where we fall in love. We're thrown into the role stage when reality hits. The relational stage is where it's actually functional. You can problem solve. You can give and take. You have good boundaries. Um, you know how to interact with the outside world as a dyadic unit. I mean, many things are working well at this stage. In my work, the reason why that, um, that figures there, if I can get people from the role stage to the relational stage, we call it a day and in therapy. But for today's purpose, what we're going to talk about is actually entering first love, the second tier space of that. Okay, so, um, so what you've done here is you have mapped out the couple's line of development starting from the opening, which is uh, a sexual attraction, basically, where we have that, you know, a first infatuation. And so then after that, if we get married and we have the baby carriage and the love and the, to the man and the woman, and we have our roles and the husband and the wife and the provider and all of that stuff. And that's as far as a lot of people get. Yeah. Well, they when I think of my grandparents, that was, you know, and, and most of our grandparents, uh, they were just, you know, happy to be in these stable sexual relationships. That's right. They, they made it to the role stage and they were happy there. Yeah. The and many stage, people are still. And many people are still throughout the world, certainly. Yeah. Although I think in Western cultures, with the advent of, you know, the 60s and the green level of development, and that's the cross comparison that you should be able to see the next chart yeah. that is really more articulation of the couple's line. That what Jeff was saying is most people were happy at this role stage of development. Um, I'd like to tell the story about my uh, wife's grandmother when she was evaluating me as a suitable person for her granddaughter. She had three questions. Does he have a job? Yes. Does he drink? No. Does he beat you? No. Thank God I passed. Yeah. It's really basic, and that was what was online yes. you know, for much of uh, yes. history. Yeah, and we were, you know, basically trying to civilize these red impulses where they did beat you, and, you know, they drank. And, you know, so we wanted a civilized mate. Absolutely. And and that's, so that's the role. So then after that's established and we're all good there, then, you know, Eros continues and we want to move into the next stage, which is you call relational. The relational stage. And this doesn't come online much like, you know, post-modernity. Uh, it really has widespread acceptance uh, in the 60s, even though it comes online in the 1900s. You know, for some people, it doesn't go widespread until the 60s, uh, you know, uh, with free love and, you know, the equality and all the great things, the positive parts of it. And you can see on this chart, I tried to use the colors and, and then it has Terry O'Fallon's on the other side. Mm -hmm. So in the 60s, we actually started trying to form relational um, relationships where we're going to be flexible in our roles. We're going to have communication. Meritoc the meritocracy is going to be a, a qualitative thing that allows us reciprocity, that at times I'm going to lead, at times my spouse is going to lead. 
And this is a new thing. And in my work with couples, I can constantly, there's times I have to ask couples, are you traditional or are you trying to be relational, non-traditional? And they have to think about it. You can feel them mourning the loss of the role stage uh, in some ways. You know, women, you know, debating whether they want to stay home full time and what kind of a mix am I going to use there. Men, their loss of power. You know, we're not totally clean from this. It's too close to where we have just evolved from. And we haven't, you know, totally extricated ourselves from this at this point. But it's a wonderful development at this point. And like I say, most people, they don't have the luxury of thinking about the second tier yet. Right. But you can see the enormous cultural move forward that is uh, as we, you know, break out of these sex roles and, you know, basically men and women both take on territory of the other. You know, men can be nurturers, women can be breadwinners. And it's a, you know, just a bigger world that we get to live in. And it's a classic example of an integration of polarities, masculine and feminine. I was just going to talk about polarities. So it is transcendent and include, as we often hear. It's not transcendent and exclude. Because there's times, you know, I get like professional couples that there isn't enough feminine and masculine polarity. Exactly. And they lose some of that dynamic. So that we know we recognize David Data's work. We recognize your friend Steve McIntosh's work of reminding us the polarities. That is a reality in the intimate relationship with. It's where a lot of the, that's where the juice is, you know. That's where the juice is. And so we don't want to homogenize this masculinity and femininity. And a lot of couples, it, you know, it's it, late orange and green, modern, postmodern, they do do that because the sex roles are kind of embarrassing. And, and you know, there's a, a sort of a natural antibody to them. And, uh, uh, you know, the next move is to reintegrate that. Absolutely. When they get lost on that territory, and that's the beauty of this map, is when a woman gets lost, I always, I always ask them, why is it important that a man's taller than you? And it's amazing how often they give me the same two answers. First answer, I feel protected. And talk about previous stages. The second answer, I feel more feminine. And on reality, I mean, what does that have to do with the price of bread in China? <laughs> you know, a guy being taller. <clears throat> they feel that at a visceral level, and it's transcendent and included. And we're yeah. carrying the whole weight of this development with us, whether we like it or not. Yeah. I have this little quick example of it for me. I'm 6'5". Mm -hmm. So I'm taller than everybody, you know, and when we hug, I'm always the taller one, except for my friend, Devin, who is six, seven. And when he wow. gives me a hug, it's like, oh, I'm so little and I'm so precious. And it, it, I just, that whole natural thing, which I never get to experience comes online. <laughs> right. You're going to have to kneel down and get hugged to feel it, Jeff. I know, totally. <laughs> so it is amazing how, you know, we can actually talk about this at this point and you know, I have to remind women, it's not a role assignment when you trust the guy enough to go into that level of, you know, I even use the word submission, but it's not a role assignment. It's a place that brings that polarity back online. And 
Right on. So it's very interesting seeing that, that happen. It is indeed. But as we move along, the real issue is how do we get to first love? How do we get two people at second tier capabilities? So this is we're, now we're moving into the integral territory, post-postmodern. Right. This is the fourth stage of development, the first love for people that are watching us. And having the lower right directives, how do we actually do this? Because in first love, we're finally in love with the partner. We're not in love with the projected ideal. The problem with the relational and the roles level of love <clears throat> is they, they're still mourning the absolute chemistry of safety and attraction when it's all chemistry and projection and all the movies show that, the music shows that, because many of those um, media don't know where to go in terms of this line of development. They don't know that there's, there's more realistic energy at the higher level um, because nobody's really laid this out yet. So every, at the relational and role stage, they have two persistent fantasies. I married the wrong person and other people get to live at safety and attraction. And you can see why they have those fantasies is every time they watch one of those chick flicks, the media is showing that it's at hand and it's because they're with the wrong person that it isn't there. But as Ken reminds us, states are given stages have to be earned in order to get there. And it's not all lost because it is at the highest stage that we're going to talk about how to get there. Right. Okay. So this, here we are now, we're moving out of the uh, relation, relational level uh, and out of the, the orange and green and, and post postmodern. Now we're into this, what you call first love, which I first love. It's very sweet. I like that. Uh, and, um, so you have some practices for how to work with that and maybe you share those. Right. That's the fun. That's what I'm doing at San Diego integral is on people that aren't intimate. I'm, I'm prototyping it on them in order to be able to get it. And I'm translated into my practice and therapy to be able to do it. So here we are directors and establishing first love stage for intimate couples. And we're really trying to develop that we space. The method we're going to use is we're going to prolong moments of resonance and shared feeling. Resonance, the beauty of it, it relies less on verbal, verbal communication, and it uses a shared emotional state to connect. How do we do it? We find moments that are poignant. For example, example if we're watching a movie, and there's a poignant moment where we feel choked up or we feel the power of what that person is going through. It's resonating. And ahead of time, this is really important. Let's try this, what Jeff and uh, Tom decided us, us to do. Let's try this for 30 seconds. You can't smile um, and just look at each other during that moment. So usually the content that works best for couples especially if they have children, is if a child's struggling and they achieve, you know, victory over whatever the task they're trying to overcome, 
and it's resonating, try to hold that and look at each other during that moment. But you can use anything, movie, listening, music, and what, what not. So in number one, we look at each other and we prolong the eye contact for 10 to 30 seconds. Um, and then number two is we're trying to feel beyond that after we've done it a few times. We're trying to feel all the other parents that have gone through this experience to see that they can feel it all. They've felt this experience also because it's probably in our developmental genes and everything and, and in terms of the basic task of raising children. Does that make sense? Well, yes. I mean, yes, it does. It, I mean, I want to run and, you know, to the bathroom when I you know, have a choked up moment at a movie. I, 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 I don't necessarily want to turn and face Chuck, you know, uh, but I could definitely see the power of that, man. I mean, to actually uh, share that because he's doing the same thing. It's, you know, these movies are they're very good at bringing out, uh, bringing on poignancy. That's it's what we get from art. Hallelujah. Right. Uh, but so I could see the power of this and, um, and I love it. You know, it's basically, it's just good practice. I mean, we actually want to feel that intimacy of, of emotion and poignancy and sharing and actually not running, but turning towards each other when we want to run and, and the new territory that that reveals to us collectively between the two of us. So I love it. And what, well, I just want to say, that, well, actually, say what you were going to say, because there's another piece of it I really love, too. Well, I mean, the avoidance of it also speaks to the potential of how wide this space can be become. Totally. It really shows how much Rumi was correct so many years ago. What are these internal blocks? What are we actually afraid of at that level of transparency? And the volume of intimacy that increases when we just calm down that upper right physiology to be able to contain it. So it's kind of interesting. You run to the bathroom, assuming you got to urinate it. Yeah. Bring up that much physiology. Or just at least hide and cry into a towel, <laughs> you know. Uh, but yes, and it's, um, you know, it's, it may be extra hard for guys. I mean, to, you know, this sort of emotion and poignancy and so forth, it's like, you know, I wasn't raised with that, with all due respect. Uh, and, you know, it is a little bit of swimming upstream for me to do that. It is, but we have always, most of us have always relied upon women to open up that space for us. So if we're fortunate enough to have somebody that's comfortable with that space and can bring us there, and that's why it is easy with strangers. There's not as much shadow that they're aware of that we don't have to be accountable in that moment. So in the early stages, that's why I've said it's so low, only 30 seconds. Because what happens in time is it becomes more stable. Yeah. It's like it lays a path that you fall into a lot easier. And then it starts to re-enchant the relationship at a level that, that's why I call it first love, because it re-enchants it with the person you're really with. It's not that projective ideal of the past where you were only in the dream of love, um, you know, backed by all that chemistry. 
So it becomes easier as we go along and, and do this. Oh, that's so beautiful, Tom. I mean, I love uh, the idea of re-enchanting our life. I mean, that, I think that's an integral project in general. And this is a really powerful you know, way to do it. And how wonderful to do it with another partner, uh, which, which brings me to the next thing I love about this. And it was the next thing you said about it, which is then we also open up to all people in all places who have felt and are feeling the same thing. And that is, you know, just reminds me so much of the beautiful category of Buddhist meditation called loving kindness or Tonglen, where we're breathing in the emotional state of, of others who are sharing the, uh, sharing the emotional state that we're in and breathing out relief to them and to all of us it, and how that metabolizes the, you know, maybe the collective, you know, uh, uh, lower left, there's an energetic that actually gets metabolized in the collective space. You know, it's beautiful about those comments is you're anticipating the next few steps, Jeff. Oh, interesting. I mean, that's what we love about Integral. It brings the feeling of coherence and it gives us that common repetitive pattern that we see that as we're all working through universal consciousness in our respective specialties, that we can see these reoccurring patterns. Um, I heard... Um, uh, your buddy Macintosh talk about that recently. And of course, Terry O'Fallon talks about those reoccurring patterns at each stage. And those are indications that we're seeing these eternal truths that when they show up many places, that's what's so beautiful about it. No, it's so true. I mean, it sort of gives it extra sort of credibility, and, you know, easier to access. So yeah, so now, so, so, th so that's, um, you know, some of the territory of this new first love, this, this integral stage of couples development. Right. So if I can show you the next few. Um, so number three, we begin to notice how we've become aware of the commonality of feelings we, we share with countless other, others. We already said the parenting one. And then we begin to add that intention as a goal in itself. So now we can even shift away from parenting and we can feel it on a multitude of issues, um, you know, that other people have felt. And on this one, I, I usually like to talk about, you know, some of the power places is like, when um, the negative power place for me was the Roman Colosseum, and I just felt it covering me. All the negative and the ugly things that happened there, I wanted to get away from that place. Mm. On the positive end of it is when I walk into those great cathedrals in Europe, and I can feel all the higher intentions that people have reached inside that location. And that feels so wonderful is to be able to bask into that. And that's what we're doing on this that, that goes into um, our, our relationship with our intimate partners also. Can I keep going right there? Oh, yeah, please. I'm with you. So to pull that back up. So we're moving from uh, relational, first love, and now into spiritual. 
Uh, not quite. We're almost oh, okay. to spiritual. Okay, we're still. We're so still number four. Flesh it out. First love here. Yep. Cool. We notice how it becomes easier to enter this we space with each other, and five is a close correlate. It becomes easier to even initiate this qualitative connection with of we space with even a look or a kiss. Mm-hmm. Now, my guesstimate is it takes about eight to 10 trials, you know, where you did really good work on this to be able to look at them and initiate it. And that's the relationship becoming re-enchanted, that we're on a sacred path together with its children to build a life, build a life, to interact with other people, to show up in a space with higher intimacy that other people can feel, that that's why it becomes uh, re-enchanted. And six, I already touched on it, it's, it's not even temporally necessary to be with each other. We can begin to feel each other mm. when we're not even away from each other. And we all know individually, people that we're not intimate with, their presence is so strong, we can invoke them and feel them even when we're not with them. Now, I know I'm on the metaphysical end of it, but this is the fun of uh, integral. It allows us to speculate about that while we hold the modern um, polarity of, I always say in my PhD training, construct validity. How do we know it's really true? But to be able to ask the question and then look, look for um, that, um, you know, verification of modernity is really important. Absolutely. Trying to speculate in the metaphysical end. And Steve McIntosh also holds a limit on this too, which I really appreciate. It is, it's okay to speculate, but understand what have we verified, what have we not. Yes. And, and obviously a lot of this couple line, I'm speculating because nobody's been in this territory yet uh, in, in doing it. So to finish up here, notice how the we space persists even when we're not in eye contact. And that, that we could see a distance and that we also do it when we're not uh, even together, which I've already talked about. So by way of realisticness, when we're at one to eight, we're fully developed. Our center of gravity is first love. I can't do that with Christine all the time. And I've been prototyping this with her for quite a while. There's very few couples that can do that. It's more realistic to expect times when you float up into first love, just like we do it on the state experiences. You know, having that, uh, that witnessing state experience, we're not going to be there all the time. But if you're at the relational stages, stable platform, and you're floating up to it, you're doing a lot better than most couples. Yeah. Because there's consistency, the relationship is in chaos, and the relational level, you're handling those ruptures and connection without letting it, you know, have, you're having a feeling and not being had by the feeling. Yeah. Um, and you're doing really well on that. You no, know, all, all, all of those things that we've gone to individual therapy about, you know, being at the mercy of our feelings, all of that is true for couples too. Uh, you know, we, and, and this gives us a way of, of actually creating that cathedral feeling, you know, and, and, and you know, building that positive 
uh, connection uh, that, as you say, survives whether we're in contact or not. And it feels like, you know, speaking for myself, it's definitely what's next. When I think of, you know, Jeff and Chuck on the couple's line, this is what feels like next for me. So thank you. you. Find, do you find yourself floating to first love at times? Oh, yeah, totally. No, we have a lot of first love, it, but it's a little, I, I don't want to say it's accidental because we pay a lot of attention to each other, but we don't do this kind of a specific practice. And I know from personal experience, the power of a really intentional practice is, right. you know, really powerful. The intentions, what lows, lays down that lower right pattern that we're able to access later on until it becomes absolutely familiar. And we know it individually, but isn't it wonderful how we're going from individual development in the interworld community that a lot of people are talking more and more about we consciousness. Yes. And I, I remember at the what next conference, uh, not what now, what? The one four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. You were really emphasizing that is, yeah. you know, let's see if we can use our uh, special selves, you know, our unique selves, and is it really only an internal exploration or are we going to go into more of a we community? Yeah. No, it feels right on schedule. And, and as you say, a lot of people are working on it in sort of group consciousness uh, and you're definitely working on it in terms of this intimate space, which is so delicious when it's really working. Yeah, it feels so necessary here. Somebody wrote, and if anyone has the reference on it, uh, when the violence in the home ceases, then society is going to do a lot better. Yeah. And I don't mean physical violence. I mean, when we get it together in a home environment, we're going to show up in the world in a much healthier space. And the couples are the tough part. Yeah. So to keep moving, Jeff, real quick, we wanted to. Oh, right on. So now, I mean, you know, we're uh, first love. That's that's nothing to, to that now. We're, we, we, that's easy. So now we're ready to move on to spiritual, spiritual love. And yeah. I have never seen a couple here. <laughs> but what I've done is I've drawn from other people's work and I speculated what it's going to look like. So you can see up there, it's rarefied ground that few achieve. Both members have to have the individual capability of deep second tier um, uh, state experiences. At this level, deficiencies are expected, explored, and integrated. There's no defenses. They're not running to the bathroom, Jeff, to use you as an example. <laughs> They're cosmic tourists watching it unfold in front of them. And transparency in communing is easily accessed, accessed. So they know they're joined together in this. Uh, it's, not, it's even that they start at a witness stage, but they're like a unified mind at this point, exploring what emerges together, both viscerally, you know, emotionally, physically, and they're attuned and they're opening up space that neither one could do alone. Mm. Because it is that synergistic joining that comes online. So the intuitive, subtle energies 
heightens the presence during these peak experiences of love. Um, and they're doing exactly what we all love to quite quote uh, whitehead on. It's an ongoing creative advance into novelty uh, that they're using their relationship uh, to achieve. An ongoing creative advance into novelty, into something new. Into something new. Because that level, the very thing that you were very transparent on, that the, the dynamic energy of wanting to run from that level of exposure, they are comfortable with this. They are ready. They're saying, bring it on. Right. I trust you. What do you see? What do I see? Let's go. Let's use each other's energy. And they're only going, whoa, I didn't see that. Tell me more about it. Yeah. But you can no, see that platform of trust. No, it's like a, a reactor. It's a, it's a whole new ball game. And, you know, I, I know that because you just did a great description of it. And I also have spiked into there. So Chuck and I just, you know, accidentally, but wow. Wow's right, because we know our interchange in an interchange with someone we're not really that intimate with, that we feel that coming online, we're using each other in a way where one plus one doesn't equal two, it's three, it's synergistic, what happens on, in those moments. But when we bring that power of intimacy and familiarity online at that moment, that that's why I call it spiritual, because... We are co-creating awarenesses at that moment. And in the intimate relationship, the very thing that scares us is uh, the, the thing that empowers it. So to go back into more a mythic level, when Jesus said, my way is not easy on Sermon in the Mount, I swear he knew that this level was there. But it's not easy. You have to have enough shadow work done that so when it comes online, it doesn't hijack the amygdala, then all of a sudden your partner is dealing with somebody that's in a defensive <laughs> We go right down to the basement. Right, we're right back down <laughs> to you know, a lower level. Yeah. It, is, it isn't working. Yeah. So remember, I'm speculating. I don't know. Uh, sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, I'm hoping it's real. No, I think that's probably about right. And, and um, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. One of the things I love about integral theory is that we see a, a developmental structure that we're some point in. You know, we're not at the top where there's more to come. And it's really helpful, actually, just from the cognitive line to speculate as to what that might be. Yeah, it's mapping of the territory. So when we get there... We don't overreact. Uh, you, you won't run to the bathroom, so I want to hear when you don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It. Well, so, so yeah, so here we are uh, at Valentine's Day and an opportunity to give this a whirl, right? Absolutely. Uh, see if you can get your partner to do it. Yeah. Time for me to show you the uh, couple's lattice. Oh, sure. You bet. So let me show you this. And, this is something that's really new and, you know, it's very new and I'm thinking into it and feeling into it. So here's our couple's line on the left, all five okay, stages. Okay, so for people who are listening, we have it mapped out with the stages 
uh, as the vertical axis and state uh, and states as the horizontal axis. Absolutely. Think okay. Wilbur Combs lattice, mm -hmm. but this lattice is for couples. Yep. And I've already described the five stages on the left, safety and security, which is wonderful roles that we get thrown into, whether we like it or not, relational that we have to fight and learn, earn it, first love that we're talking about today in our practices, spiritual love, which I totally speculated about. On the top, think states of experience, gross, subtle, causal, non-dual, unitive, but I'm playing with states that are for the collective, not for the individual. And this is where I'm totally speculating. The lowest state that correlates with gross is ego, egoic persona self. The subtle is collective eyes. The causal's essential authentic selves. And the non-dual is we space. The unitive is unitive consciousness. What I want you to imagine on this Wobacomb-like lattice is a serpentine line that when we fall in love with somebody at safety and security, we spike up into a state experience that is all the way up to essential causal self. It feels wonderful that, that coming together, the hope and everything. Well, you know, just from a spiritual standpoint, it is a merging of our, it's a softening of our egos. Uh, so that we no longer feel isolated and separate. We have merged with another person. And, oh, my God. Absolutely. It's just the best thing ever. And we're absolutely spiking up to a causal state, transpersonal state. And, and I, I love the spiritual connotation of it because it's something special that we're coming together and doing. The chemistry's backing us up. You know, whatever we needed the chemistry for developmentally, it's there. And a lot of us spend the rest of our lives chasing that first high exactly. again, over and over again. And those are two fantasies we have from the relational. I married the wrong person. All right, that's right. Yes. You again. So we get thrown out. Reality happens that they're not perfect. You didn't earn this stage. This was a state. And you're thrown into this role stage, and the state experience drops back down. If you're young and you haven't gone through a lot of experiences, you're going to leave the relationship. If you've gone through it, you're going to fight your way into the relational stage. You're going to lay down the patterns. And then at relational, the state experience begins to pick up. You, be, you can even reach uh, uh, an essential causal level. But if you fight into the first stage, then you, you're going to get into the uh, we space. And you're going to actually feel that unity consciousness at times and uh, get further down the line. But this is what I'm playing with, that I was trying to understand what's the early state experience that we all get absolutely enthralled with and the media is enthralled with. And then it occurred to me, the, the, the parallel with the Wilbur Combs lattice. Mm -hmm. You think this is going to hold up, Jeff? I do. Uh, it, it, it makes you know, good sense. And, and, and it's also interesting that when we finally do then move into the role stage, uh, it contracts. Uh, and, you know, and that's always a little unsatisfying. And as you say, if, 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 if you're new to this, you're going to leave the relationship. If, if, if you've been around the block a couple of times, you're going to fight your way forward. And then that opens up that state space again. And then 
on from there. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look at a study down the road where I'm going to, when people have been together long enough, how well they cope at, cope with falling into the role stage and how many negative fantasies they have at that point. Mm-hmm. It predicts future growth. Right. You know, I mean, that's how we're going to verify uh, some of this. Yeah, but such good, uh, you know, theory. And, and, you know, since you're also working with couples, you're doing basic science and you're working with the people at San Diego Integral and, you know, Godspeed, man. Thank you. I mean, that's where I feel blessed to be able to do this at multiple levels because I'm even sprinkling pixie dust with couples that the relational isn't that stable, but I'm creating moments where they can feel it. And then hmm. it seems to be creating some stability and hope. And at least I get them not looking down the line. They, they, people need to look up the line in order to find where the good stuff is. Oh, well said. You know, what if this isn't as hard as they said? You know, what if we could actually do this? Well, we'll see. I mean, let's see how much fire this catches. And, <laughs> you know, it really comes down to, can you simplify it enough that a whole bunch of people can actually utilize it on the ground? Yeah. And that's right one on. of our job in Integral. The Bodhivista vow, did I say it right? Bodhisattva. Ah, jeez, I thought I had it right. <laughs> Is we're all responsible for all the spectrums, not just the spiral and whatnot. Exactly. And that when we do help our fellow travelers find their way, we leave broken twigs along the trail so they can find their path over the mountains, then we're helping everybody. We're raising that collective we're all concerned about. Um, yeah. So I'm honored to be able to do it with couples. Oh, it's it's yeah, always totally. a challenge. Totally. Yeah, well, thank you so much, uh, Tom. And uh, if people are interested in more from you and your work, uh, where might they go? So if you're more of the academic type, you can find the papers of, on lower right and the couples line on academia.edu. Or you can find it on my website, Dr. Tom Habib. Um, I'm going to be at... Uh, Dr. Tom, T-O-M-H-A-B-I-B.com. .com. Just my name. And I will be at the Interrail European Conference. I'm looking forward to Oh, you're going, huh? Cool. Yeah, I'll be speaking there. So come and uh, talk, talk with me about this. Yes, indeed. Well, I want to hear how it goes. I'm not going to go this year, but I, I'm glad you are. And I want a full report. So Diane and I will talk to you when we're there. Cool. We'll talk about you. Oh, okay. All the better. Thank you. All right, Tom. Thank you, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. May all of this uh, come true for you, and it will at some point in, you know, the, the 